You're tuned in to the NWSL Rewinds, presented by Modern Soccer Coach. That's what you call USA razzle-dazzle. Now your host, Clifton Bush. Hello, everybody out there. Welcome to the Rewind and look back at the NWSL this week. Uh, I'm your host, Clifton Bush. Today we have our co-host, Sierra's with us. Sierra's a, a great coach and a good friend of ours here. Uh, go ahead and say hello, Sierra. Hello, everybody. This is Sierra. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself, Sierra. Um, so I coached at uh, Alabama State for a little bit, uh, three years, won two conference championships. Uh, prior to that, um, I was a player at uh, Arizona State University for four years um, and now currently in Colorado. Yeah, Sarah's uh, transitioned up to back home, that is, right? <laughs> back home yep, to Colorado, home. <laughs> the, the old stomping grounds. So she's uh, tr- up there creating players as good as her, maybe slightly not as good, but, you know, she's trying to get in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, here, so we're going to just get back to the looking at this past week of games. Um, we'll have a pretty deep conversation about Chicago and Houston, but let's start off with North Carolina and the Thorns. So a rematch of last year's final, as everybody has uh, certainly been talking about. And in this one, North Carolina was able to get the edge. Um, thoughts on kind of what North Carolina was able to do to be successful in the match? Yeah, I mean, I thought they actually looked like a very put together team. I thought their chemistry was there. I felt like they kind of just left off where they were last year. And, um, you know, in the attack and defensively, I felt like they were high pressuring, um, intense. They just had kind of the juice to, to make it work. And I felt like they just looked good overall. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think one storyline that a lot of people have talked about this year is like, the major changes to a lot of these rosters um, with the dispersal draft from Boston and, you know, just different players coming in internationally, leaving internationally that uh, North Carolina doesn't really seem to have, they've got their team from last year. That's their team technically from two years ago when they won the yeah. championship. So I think it looks like they've only really gotten stronger to be fair. Yes. Yes. I thought they were, I mean, the thing is, is like they came off to me like explosive. I mean, they just seemed like from the jump, they were ready to press. Um, You know, Williams looked crisp and technically sound. Um, They're just attacking, you know, I would say six were just unbelievable. And then with that, you know, you have your back four and I felt like they were completely solid. Like I didn't see any time where I was like, Ooh, they may give one away. I felt like they were, completely put together, organized. They had that chemistry going. Yeah, and I thought originally Ersig was supposed to be injured and not playing okay. in the game and to go 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was a little bit of a, a fake out by Coach Riley there um, yeah. with a very experienced defender. I mean, I, I think one kind of spark for me in North Carolina was the return of Darian Jenkins. Like, So she yeah. hasn't played since UCLA didn't play at all last year. And for a player who has it, technically that's her first rookie game. Uh, mm-hmm. She did not look like a rookie, um, oh. even in the the few minutes that she got. So I thought, mm-hmm. man, like that's a team that is 
if you pick up Darian Jenkins, that probably makes up for losing Ashley Hatch. Yep. Um, and so, I mean, this team is right on. I mean, the connections between Zabroni and Dabina was like on fire. <laughs> they were they were so good. And I feel like they, they're creative. But like I said, I think that chemistry, like they just seemed connected. Like as a group, they seemed connected. Dunn was good. I mean, she was dynamic. She was fast. You had Williams that added to that. And I think they all just, I think overall as that team, they've got pace. And that's going to hurt a lot of teams that they play because as a group, you can't be like, oh, we're just going to watch one person. You've got to watch the front six. Yeah, no, and that's, <laughs> I think that that connection that you're talking about is probably just slightly the thing that's missing maybe with the Thorns if we're talking about them is yeah. missing players. Um, and that's, I mean, that's cl- going to be a clear storyline today yeah. uh, as we talk about kind of all of these teams, I think, but. Portland probably struggled for just a bit of connectivity, just a bit of familiarity. Um, you know, starting purse at a wing back, um, great player, obviously, but was it, you know, the attack seemed to go through her. I mean, she had the most path or most touches of any player on the Portland Thorns. So yeah. for like that's, but she's only been there for how many weeks, you know? Yeah. So is it all there for purse to be able to connect with Sinclair or Bure or Haran? Like, and those are key, key matchups or, or uh, connections that she'd have to make. And so I thought it was maybe just a little bit disjointed, mm-hmm. which hurt them to kind of get into the final third with yeah. a bit of more time to be able to finish their chances that they were creating. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that first like 10 minutes, it was just, it seemed disorganized. It just seemed, they kind of didn't know, you know, they didn't have the connection that North Carolina had. So it seemed like everybody was kind of on their own page and they were trying to do their own thing. And so it slowed their game down. And I think as they got into the game, I mean, about 20 minutes in, then they started to kind of find their rhythm. But I think by then North Carolina had already jump-started it and was in the flow of the game. And so I think if they can get back some of their starters that they were missing, because I think they were missing six. (laughs) So good luck. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, mean, ask any coach in the country from whatever level to, you know, the professionals. If you're missing six starters, um, you're you're looking for a new plan. I I will say I thought Klingenberg was was very good, though. I thought they – were able to find her and she was in a position to be an outlet to release pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, they did very well to switch to her and try and get her to her strengths, right? I mean, using yeah. that right foot to put those in-swingers in from the left side and create opportunities. Uh, Klingenberg was was very positive for me yeah. um, as far as being a bright spot in the buildup yeah. of the Thorns. Yeah. Well, and you had, I think like Haran was, they had her sit a little bit deeper because I think they were trying to kind of soften the blow of who they were missing. And so having her sit deeper kind of gave Sinclair the freedom to run around and be able to be her, which I think helps. And I think if you add the addition of the people they were missing, they're going to be a good team. I mean, they're going to be a dangerous team. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we'll see, as the season goes on, I, I mean, it looks now that Haran might stay kind of in that six role. Yeah. Um, but Sink 
has an uncanny ability that like she just helps all over the field. It's kind of the last point I'll make about the Thorns was like she just defending in in and around the 18 yard box all the way to pressuring. Uh, they were pressing in the 70th minute. You know, it was yeah. like that's for a player that's been around as long as Sink has. I think that that was amazing to see. Like that's a lesson to learn for a lot of players out there. I would say is oh, like for sure. Yeah, She's you're an attacking midfielder, but that doesn't mean anything when your team needs you. So uh, yeah. I, I thought I thought Sinclair was amazing even on the defensive end. Yeah, so, for sure. Seattle, Washington. Uh, so <laughs> very, very new look Washington team. Lots yeah. of new players there. Uh, a few new faces in Seattle. Uh, yeah, talk us through kind of what you saw out of Seattle that day, or excuse me, out of Washington that day. Um, I thought Washington, I think they looked a little disjointed. I felt like they kind of were trying to go through, you know, you know, Mallory Pugh is is the star on the team. And I think uh, she's going to be dangerous, but I think she needs help. And I think right now it's kind of that awkward there. I think, you know, they lacked that chemistry. I don't think you could tell that they kind of haven't all been together and you can't, you know, in my opinion, I don't think you can count on one player to do it all all season long. It's a long season. (laughs) And so to expect one player to just, all right, she's going to go score our goals. You know, I think they've got to kind of find, who their you know second third people are going to be to help support her in that and then go forward from there. Well, I mean, it's I guess you could say it goes without saying, but you know what is Pew is still nineteen twenty. Yeah, you know so yeah she's I twenty mean, now. Yeah, so twenty year old, couple years in the year and a half now in the league. So it's yeah, you know how much can you can you put around her? It's a very right. young team. I mean, even Sullivan is young, Hatch is young. Yep but she's the rookie of the year from last year at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So I think there, there's enough attacking prowess in this team. I, I mean, like yeah. if you go down the list, this team has the ability oh, yeah. to probably be a pretty good dark horse this year. Um, yep. I, I'd say after this match, if you were looking for one, Seattle or Washington, Seattle seemed just with the advent of Rapino and yep. like – you just can't discount Rapino now. Like there's, Ooh. there's no way to do that. And I think with Sam Kerr out on international duty for so much of the early season, Rapino may, you know, she may start to creep up the goal chart yep. in a way that Sam Kerr can't quite catch up to. So we'll see mm-hmm. how that goes. I mean, Rapino, obviously, that set piece goal was one for the books. Um, not much room for a goalkeeper to make a save there. No, so, no. I mean, but that's you know, even that team is still Allie Long coming from the Thorns makes that team so much stronger in the midfield in a way that it is only strength that you know that yeah. coach could just use. So we'll see how Seattle uh, kind of meshes together, new coach, new players, but they seem to be most poised to probably push into the playoffs of any non-playoff team from last year. Right. The So Orlando versus Utah. Now Utah, brand new team. Yeah. Technically, 
new things happening there with Coach Laura Harvey taking that over. Um, have not yet had their first home game, which I'm sure is going to be an absolute gas. Um, awesome. <laughs> this one in Orlando. So uh, Utah, uh, I'll just we'll get right to it. Penalty or no penalty. It is absolutely not a penalty. I think uh, she's I, taking a stand, folks. I think you know what? I think O'Hara, you, she does she did exactly what you ask your defenders to do. She put her body in front of the ball and she's going to get hit in the face. <laughs> and I don't, you know, there was no intent there and I just think it's an unlucky for her because I think she's doing literally everything she can to block the ball from going in her goal. Yeah. <laughs> I think the question was, I, talking to some other coaches, the question was levied, well, if that was really a handball, why isn't that a red card as well? Right. So maybe the decision was a little bit ambiguous in how right. how it was made. I, I think the official call was uh, Sauerbrunn getting a card for dissent and yep. not for the infraction. Uh, but that definitely was some of the banter going around, I would say. So um, <laughs> heard it here. Sierra says absolutely not no. a penalty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, the Utah fans will will probably be up in arms agreeing with you for sure. Of course. <laughs> the what else? Uh, who else did you kind of see from Utah? A new look at a new team, new kits, new everything. So right. what was what stood out to you? You know, I think, I mean, it was a fun game for me. I know it's not, you know, I don't think it was um, maybe as clean as everyone would have liked it to be in possession and stuff, but I thought it was a fun game. I think it was it was physical, high pressure, it was intense, um, and I think Utah brought it to the table. Like, I think they came out to just, you know what, we're going to show people that we're not afraid to get in on tackles and get in on, uh, you know, high pressure and – um, I thought Young's daughter looked good, um, and I thought O'Hara looked good too. I think they've – obviously they've got some things to work on. I think in the second half they kind of went downhill a little bit. Um, but in overall, I think their defense is going to hold them up a lot of the time. Their question mark is going to be their attack. Yeah, I mean, that goal for me probably yeah, it's a toss-up, which is the Rapino goal – or the young starter goal. Yeah. I, I mean, the one time, out of the, I mean, like that, the timing that it takes to make yeah. that sort of a play with a player on your back, like, is just, it was so much quality. Mm -hmm. If that's the attack, people have questioned whether or not they would score enough goals. I mean, right. but if young starter is getting into spaces like that and creating goals, I mean, I don't see why they would have a problem. You know, exactly. I mean, it seems to me like you could carry that and they're only going to get better, more used to what Coach Harvey is saying. I mean, she's obviously yep. clearly with the success she had in Seattle is going yeah. to coach this team to a very, very cohesive place. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a. I'm excited for them. They look good. I'm excited to see where they go. Yeah. Even. Uh, even Ratcliffe's ability just to kind of get around the field was, yeah. was really positive. Like she was a, a really bright energy spot. If it didn't result necessarily in goals, 
Uh, I think yeah. as coaches, you understand like sometimes that work rate is what's making things open up for everybody else. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but on the other side of the pitch, I mean, that's one heck of a front three. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, you see those. Uh, is there a better front three? Go ahead. I'll wait. Like, I just I don't know when you have world players of the year, you yep. know, on the dynamic. Very, very. I mean, with Marta being able to play through and in behind Alex mm-hmm. Morgan, uh, obviously LaRue coming back, uh, her pace is going to be, yep. you know, a, a difference maker. And you talked, we talked about pace for North Carolina earlier. You know, I think given Orlando, I mean, they have the ability to get out out in front of you and go by you as well. Yeah. So, I mean, for the Marta, I mean, Marta does what she does. You know, she's putting penalties away. It was yeah. under all of that cloud of controversy. She just still put the ball down and oh, put sure. it in the net, um, which is just the world-class thing to do, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, as far as scoring the goals, that was that was great. But, I mean, they held – everything except for kind of maybe the early nerves, their defense yeah. and their shape held so well. I thought they were very compact back to front. So even in the transition, Krieger to Morgan, it was yeah. tight. It was very well organized, which is not something that you'd necessarily see um, mm-hmm. in the first match, but we did. Uh, you know, Coach Samani, he's probably – at this stage of the year, one of the more deeper benches, you know, he still yeah. has a Bagagu coming on, uh, you know, so the ability to put in players who have significant minutes in the league is, is also a help. For sure. Well, and you've got, I mean, Morgan got hurt and they still were dynamic. I mean, yeah. so you have one of your better, whatever forwards in there. And now all of a sudden you've got other people stepping up and they still were a problem. <laughs> Yeah, which is that depth is going to be, you know, we talk about all this movement and players and injuries and depth is obviously going to be a major, major factor in trying to make a push, you know, with 23 matches left in the season, trying to make a push for for the playoffs. So, I mean, it, it seems like a long season to go, but, you know, there's all these points really matter. I mean, in those two points, you know, that really is a pretty big deal. Um, you know, so that penalty wasn't a light decision, you know, I don't think. No, right. Oh, well, that's not a difference maker. You know, I mean, that's, it's early difference maker. People are trying to get points now, even yeah. without their rosters. And that's going to be one of the biggest things is can you get points when you don't have your stars? Um, exactly. And so I thought, uh, they did a good job to do that. And, you know, you can say penalty or not, but I, I thought Orlando <laughs> played very, very well versus a very good Utah team that doesn't yeah. show like a expansion quote unquote team. Yeah, for sure. All right. So those are, those were all the games from Saturday. And so we got a little bit of a rest Overnight, watched all those back to back to back. Was uh, sitting in front of the TV for a long, long time on Saturday. But then we got into Sunday, 
with Chicago at Houston. The third time this match has been played as an opener in Houston. Uh, the other two times, Chicago did not fare quite as well, uh, <laughs> losing by two goals in both of those matches. And you will all be uh, excited to hear our our guest interview for this week is actually Craig Harrington, assistant coach with the Chicago Red Stars. And one thing he mentioned that he wanted to see, obviously, in this game was a different result. <laughs> it was just kind of, you'll hear him kind of talk about it a little bit later, was all he wanted was a different result from years past. And so, I mean, with the 1-1, obviously, it was it was a good result for them. Um I mean, for Chicago, did you feel like their attack was potent enough for you moving forward? You know what? I thought, to be honest with you, the first, like, 75-ish minutes, I felt like it was too slow. Like, they had decent possession, but it was just too slow of possession. And then when they were down a goal, all of a sudden it was more direct and their possession was faster. And I think that's going to fit them more in the end than it did because the beginning, it was just, that's not their, that's, that's not going to work for them. So it was too slow. It was too, you know, okay, we're going to move it here. We're going to move it here. And it was never threatening. And then all of a sudden they went down a goal and it was like, okay, we've got to bring it. And I think that, I mean, obviously they scored a goal with like two minutes left in the, you know, extra time. Yeah. And that's just high pressure, direct. And I don't think they went, you know, they weren't direct in the sense of just kicking balls. I mean, they were, they were ping, 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 in behind, ping, 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 in behind. And so I think that's, that's got to be the way they start versus the way they finish, because I think they're going to get themselves in trouble if they don't start that way. Yeah. That, that possession aspect of it was, it was pretty clean for Mm -hmm. a good portion of the early match. I think, it's going to be a difficult one to do with Houston having yeah. such a block that they were kind of keeping. Yeah. I mean, Houston was pressuring a bit here uh, and there, but it was, you know, more individual man pressure mm-hmm. and less collective team pressure. I felt like so, mm-hmm. you know, is that is is the slow possession going to move a block like that as easily as maybe? a single ball might or right. you know, a simple up back through or some kind of combination, maybe get an overload with Camo or Gilliland getting yeah. around, you know, the flank somehow. So, I mean, that was, I thought it was a good way to play. So, I mean, like, that's going to be the thing is like, it, it looks good. I mean, right. but what teams is it going to work against? And right. so we'll have to see maybe Houston as opposition, isn't the team that that's going to, play to very well but a team maybe like north carolina that's right. gonna press you and has so much pace it might open up lanes and seams right. to in that you wouldn't normally get when you're able to actually kind of keep the ball that much i mean and they i mean they kept the ball they probably played kind of the nicest quote-unquote s- soccer right the most soccer of the weekend i thought yeah for sure i agree houston i, I mean from their attack, it seemed like they were, like I said, they were in a bit of a block and kind of content to press their way into an attack. Um, you know, could, what could they win to kind of create an attack? Yeah. Uh, fairly direct. I mean, mm-hmm. Van Wick, Brooks, um, yeah. a few of those balls were 
were pretty, you know, send them forward and see what you could land on to, uh, yep. which, you know, against a team like Chicago, again, probably isn't that bad of an idea. It's a team that likes to get into the final third and get right. players close to the goal. So, I mean, if you can get over the block quickly, yeah. then, you know, then why, you know, uh, certainly no faulting here. You know, I thought that mm-hmm. the game plan worked for the team that they were playing. Now, yeah, for sure. Is there enough patterns of play to sustain them throughout the you know the next course of the season? Right. I, I don't know, and it's it's a hard. They probably have the least bit of depth of any yeah. team uh, without right now. Like they just didn't have the injuries. Obviously, Chicago's dealing with a ton of injuries to players, um, yep. and two players out to the Australian national team for qualification. Uh, and mm-hmm. Houston just didn't really suffer from the amount of loss that they did. So that Chicago did. So I thought it was, you know, what are they going to have? Are they going to be able to do that week in and week out? Is going right. to be a question of can they sit in that block and find ways to counterattack? Um, right. Well, and I think if you have Ertz, like Ertz is going to come back, and I think she's more of a yeah. leader on that team. So I think that'll help them. And I think you've got, you know, Savannah Jordan, I thought played really well. Um, and I think Daly played decent. And I think uh, Nichelle Prince, which I'm biased because I coached her for a little bit. But um, <laughs> but I thought she came in and, you know, she may not be able to last 90 minutes, but I thought she came in off the bench and really turned. I mean, she brings a different a different style and she came in and was pacey and is no problem getting in behind no has no problem going at you um so i think they're good there i do think it's going to be interesting to see though you know like you're saying i mean i don't they're not going to be able to play that way against everybody and so it's going to be interesting to see kind of where they sit um i felt like when they were defending it seemed very similar to like a um a line of confrontation I felt like they were sitting, and then as soon as they found a good path, it was like, boom, press. Yeah. And yeah. so I don't know how long they're going to be able to do it, but I, I thought they did well, like you said, for who they were playing. I think they picked the right game plan. I think they turned their brains off for the last five minutes, <laughs> which caught up with them. But Yeah, yeah, the that frenetic pace, that kind of that last bit, which some of that has got to be just a playoff team. Yeah. consistently in the playoffs over the last few years that knows how to grind out wins and get results yeah. and get ties and create points taking yeah. on a team that has admittedly of their own admission struggled um, to find their way over the past couple of years. So I, I think that's just the experience of being a winner, which, you know, people want to know if you compare it to basketball or whatever, you know, those, <laughs> those clutch players are doing it right. because they, always do it and so uh, you know for to get that goal in the final you know stoppage time was something that i just think it was probably always coming uh, yeah. just because yeah. of who chicago is yeah it, it felt like defensively I, I mean and i'm gonna be biased here as well being admittedly <laughs> being a, a previous portland resident um <laughs> you know i thought Monashim was a great resurgence back in the league doing yeah. what Mana does. And I think at Portland in a 
and a sky full of stars. Mana was clearly, she was a fan favorite there. Uh, like you wouldn't believe. Uh, but did she necessarily get her due as a proper professional week in and week out uh, in Portland? Maybe not. And I think this is an opportunity in Houston for her to really showcase what she can do. Um, Shim is a very, very good player who's going to be a very good just holder just to kind of keep things at bay in the middle of the park and yep. then attack out of that. I mean, so she has the ability to unlock a pass, um, right. to be able to find those players in the whether that's in the final third or at least unlocking pressure out of the middle. And so I, I think Shim for me is going to be a pretty bright spot in this uh, in this Houston squad. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I think they did. I mean, overall, I thought they looked good, but I think both teams like it was interesting because you had on the attack. Houston, I thought they had so many set pieces and it was like they could not buy a goal. And then you go to Chicago and they were really dangerous on their set pieces. I mean, they may not have scored, but there was that threat of like you could see a different energy with it. And I mean, I don't even remember how many corner kicks Houston had. And it was like you look at that and you're like, how you never felt kind of it was dangerous. Yeah, I mean, that's. The same could be said because what there was maybe like 14 or 15 corner kicks for North Carolina in that game as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the set plays is it's, it's an interesting kind of quandary because I don't think there wasn't a lot of capitalization other than Megan Rapino, really. Yeah. I guess you could say uh, from set plays off the weekend. And so, I mean, that's, you know, that's uh, going to be something that I'm sure, you know, looks like seven corner kicks, six corner kicks uh, yeah. for, for Houston over the match. So, you know, yeah, that's going to be one way for them, especially if they're going so direct, if they can go so direct and create right. those corners, um, hopefully they'll be able to capitalize on a few more right. um, in order to create more scoring opportunities. Because, I mean, they're going to be a hard team if they go up one nothing. You could see they were yeah. able to hold Chicago off for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And so it was unfortunate that they only had one more minute to go or so. So right. I, think, I don't think most teams are going to be able to break that down if they get a goal on you. So if they start scoring mm-hmm. off of set plays, um, Houston's going to be – they're going to take points off of people that you're not going to expect, I think. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, overall, your first – your impressions on – Week one, match day one of the NWSL sixth season. You know what? I thought it was a good start for as many people as were missing for each team. I think it was a good start. I think there was a lot of good soccer, which I think was kind of a surprise. Um, you know, when you're missing that many players, yeah, you've got a bunch of talent in the league. But when you're missing, like, the top stars, you kind of expect the soccer to fall off a little bit. And I think – I think everybody did a decent job of really keeping it intense and moving the ball. I mean, it was fun to watch. They were intense. They were physical. I think everyone, you know, I mean, they were like, well, Portland and North Carolina, it's a rivalry game. And then Utah and Orlando are playing and everyone was like, where is this coming from? So I think there was a good 
just a good energy for everybody coming back and a good environment for that to be back. I think everyone was excited. Yeah, I think the over the course of six years, the league has done a really good job of setting up or the teams, maybe it's the teams, I don't know, but the the preseasons seem to be much more helpful. Like yeah. one, they seem a little bit longer. So it gives you a yeah. bit better opportunity to actually like get a bit of rhythm. You know, it may not mm-hmm. be much, but you're getting a bit of rhythm. Now you're starting to see this is the second year for the Thorns Invitational where yep. NWSL teams are playing NWSL teams in preseason as yep. opposed to maybe beating up on a local college team. Uh, right. Although a couple of college teams did sneak a result or two over uh, the preseason. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't want to, you know, say too much, but, you know, that <laughs> those teams playing each other, I think, helps to make sure that the league is a little bit more sharp when it does yeah. start. Um, those are adding the U23s, which is obviously that's a competitive group of players. Um, yeah. Considering there was a couple of uh, NWSL players on the roster, frankly, that that played. So I think that keeps what you're talking about. It keeps it, you know, fresh. It keeps them from being not just like, hey, I need a bit of a 45 minute run uh, versus six nothing win over insert XYZ university. So those are that I think that helps to kind of keep it going. I, I mean, I was genuinely excited on to be back watching matches. I, I thought for yeah. me it was um, a very good lineup. It's with the nine teams, with Boston folding, nine teams, and, you know, so we didn't get to see Sky Blue, so we haven't yeah. talked about Sky Blue at all. Um, and we won't until next week, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> but, you know, for me, that's a little bit odd. Uh, you know, yeah. I like the balance of not having a team on a bye week just being able to kind of see and compare everybody apples to apples. But as the season goes on, everybody gets played three times. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's the balance will will show itself through. It's just a little bit odd because Sky Blue has a match and they haven't played. So it makes yeah. things a little bit a little bit uneven. So we'll see how the how the bodies hold up for people um, <laughs> as we go as we go through, you know. Yeah, so, for sure. It'll be interesting. I think, and I think you also have, you got to keep in mind, you also have, I think in this year, especially you have rising stars. Yeah. I think you've yeah. got a lot of players that, I mean, you can really like, not, not necessarily that, you know, in five years ago that there weren't good players, but I think now people are able to, and not just coaches and, you know, are able to sit down and go, man, I love the way so-and-so plays, you know, Williams did so well Dunn, Sinclair, you know, there's so many names that you can throw out now that it's like, I think it makes it even more fun to watch and more fun to look forward to the games. Cause you're seeing these super competitive and talented players playing yeah yeah and that's the more they you know you're hoping knock on wood for losing boston hurts that right because it's one less team for sure to to showcase and highlight that many players um so you're hoping for you know pretty significant expansion next year like has been rumored and batted around for some time now (laughs) yeah sierra's got her fingers crossed fingers crossed (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, you know, it's 
to get more of those players out. I mean, that's been a storyline over the past few years for sure is like some of those players would not have made it even to national team. Now, admittedly, I'm a league nut. Um, <laughs> obviously, I love the national team, but I, I, I really enjoy watching the league. Um, but there's players that would not have made it to the national team if it weren't for this particular you know, venue for them to play. And so I think you look at a player like Sofia Huerta, I mean, that's, and so, you know, like that's somebody who, if it weren't for the NWSL and not just for a baseline league, it has to be a quality league with quality matches Mm -hmm. week in and week out for a player like Huerta to get the shot that she's kind of gotten at the national team level. And so now you'll get to see, you know, what her leadership ability is at Chicago and, you know, she's going to be able to then take her platform to the next level at even the national team. And so, yeah, those young stars, the ones that maybe are just now getting a bit of a look, we'll see kind of how, you know, as the season goes on, you know, maybe towards the end of the season, we'll have a chat about uh, next year's draft there, Sierra. And, you know, it's never too early to start thinking about the draft, right? Um, but uh, we'll, uh, you know, and seeing who those next round of players are coming through. But, yeah. I have absolutely enjoyed this, Sierra. This was uh, the yeah, first one out. How fun has this been? I awesome. Mean, Sierra and I have these conversations just generally <laughs> all the time. So I think uh, now you all out there in modern soccer coach world get to hear just what we talk about on random days. So uh, hopefully you've enjoyed it. And we are stay tuned though. Do not do not click off. Uh, interview with Craig Carrington, assistant coach at the Chicago Red Stars, coming up right after this. For sure, stay tuned. Welcome everybody to the Rewind, our first ever interview on our show. Uh, we are very, very happy to have Craig Harrington here from the Chicago Red Stars. How you doing, Craig? I'm good, Seth. Oh, doing great, doing great. Welcome to the show. Appreciate you being our first ever guest uh, and talking to us about the league. No, thanks for having me. No, I'm excited. It's, you know, opening day, game one. So yeah, yeah. So we're finally here. Preseason's over. Absolutely. I mean, and that's a great lead in. I just took kind of our first question after finishing up your first preseason, uh, new players, new staff, kind of a new look, Chicago mm-hmm. Red Stars. Um, yep. What are some of the goals that you guys have kind of set out to accomplish in preseason? And did you guys meet those marks? Um, yeah, the focus was really about us coming together um, as a group. And, and we got this mantra of trust in the process, which we're really big on. Um, for us, that phrase is, is so important and, and much more right now than our end goal. Uh, you know, you can all say you want to win a championship, but that's ultimately not going to get it done. Um, if we are actually taking those steps to achieve it, it sounds cliche, but uh, we can only control what we can control. Uh, and that's what we're trying to focus on every single day and, and going through and, and trusting the process. Uh, but the environment that we have is just terrific. The, the players that been in the club in the past and they're currently there and the staff have done a tremendous job of cultivating the culture for, for new people like me coming in. Uh, so we, we have players and, and, and new coaches like myself and Gary that just want to get better, respect each other, 
on and off the field and, and then trying to accomplish that common goal together. Yeah, I mean, and it's a there's a lot of new pieces, some new, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Rory has always kind of had the a similar team. He's grown his team from, you know, kind of start to finish to today. Or I guess finish probably is the wrong word, but uh, from the beginning to yep. now, he's he's grown it. But now you have two new coaches, uh, arguably the best player in the world right now, uh, and Sam Kerr adding on a few pickups from the the uh, Boston team. Uh, you know, what has been the yep. challenges of kind of installing new systems, new team cohesion, that sort of a thing? They wouldn't be challenges because the players are so good. Their mindset and their work ethic and professionalism is, just, is, is first class and, and just as people that they're just tremendous people to be around every day. I would say more for us is about facilitating the action, installing the belief with trust in the process uh, and with Rory leading that and then, and then having everyone else buy into it and follow and be a part of it. Um, you know, really about probably just looking at us individually and collectively making sure that we add value every day and working together towards that common goal. Uh, but so far, I'd say the players, again, have embraced the ideas and methods with open arms. Uh, they're way ahead of where we thought we'd be at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, the season with, with some of the ideas that we're trying to get through to them. Um, and then, obviously, with being the new staff, we're just here to support them. And I think they know that, and the club supports them as well. But uh, ultimately, with the you know kind of the new ideas and team cohesion, it's just coming and working hard every day. And and the new additions we've had, you touched on there, uh, just being awesome off the field as well as on the field and in the locker room. So that's been great for the team as well. Uh, it's wonderful. I mean, that uh, those new additions, like you you alluded to yourself and Gary, kind of being new to the staff as well. Um, I yep. mean, how has the evolution of the staff been? Uh, seeing this, though, everybody sometimes has different, slightly different philosophies, slightly different uh, thoughts on style of play and how to play the game, and you have to grow camaraderie and respect and all of those things. How how has the staff evolved? Uh, evolution been? Yeah, sure. Um, well, first of all, you know, we, we love bouncing ideas off, uh, you know, Gary, well, but that all learning definitely something that I would say taking place on a daily basis. Uh, personally, you know, I'm learning every day from from the rest of the staff. Uh, Rory is a is a tremendous leader, and 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 he set out very clearly to all our staff before the players even came in about our roles and responsibilities. Um, and then and then really, it's about us all helping and making sure that we get what we need to get done every single day. Um, to make sure that we're adding value towards the players, towards the team. Um, what I would say from my, you know, my general experience of going through this preseason is that, is that with Rory at the helm, we as a staff do a really good job of living in the moment. Uh, I don't think anybody there takes it for granted. Uh, with that, I think you see that enjoyment of coming to train every day. Like the amount of times that you come in early, but then someone else is there before you, or, or you're in super early, and then someone shows up five minutes you know, later to, to be there to make sure that you know, things are getting done, prepared, uh, so that when we get on the training field, we can maximize that time with the players. Uh, but I'm loving it. You know, I've, I've made six new friends so far and just want to do well for them. And, and hopefully, you know, the results will, will prove that as we go along the season. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things for for us, especially here at the podcast, the Modern Soccer Coach, is like that continued education for coaches. And mm-hmm. uh, I think sometimes people think when you make it to the professional level, uh, you've arrived and you've kind of learned everything that you have to know and that's what you're 
imparting to these high-level players. I mean, can you talk a bit about kind of how that learning is facilitated throughout uh, your time there at Chicago and what you kind of brought to the table? Yeah, yeah definitely. For, for me, it's, it's making sure that you're open. You know, you come in with open eyes and, and, you know, kind of leave your egos at the door and, and then just try and pick up little bits from, from everybody. Uh, like Gary's a super positive guy all the time. Uh, Rory's very clear and concise and his vision knows what he wants. Uh, you've got the goalkeeper, you know, coaching Jordy King that's, that's there and we're trying to integrate the goalkeepers into the process of, of what we want to do from, from back to front. Uh, and then even the medical staff looking at how periodization works and, and how digging with injuries and, and just making sure everyone's in sync and, and all the little details that goes into making sure that whatever that training session is from 45 minutes to an hour and a half uh, run smoothly and, and all the points and, and things that we want to do that day just add value to us so that we improve every single day. Um, the big thing I think people overlook really is, is the relationships, you know, the time you need to take to spend with, with individual players uh, on video work, collective units, that those things really matter and then trying to get to know them as human beings and, and be yourself but also, you know, open up yourself to them uh, so you kind of create that bond because ultimately to us it's one family and, and we support every single one of them but we also know that we, we do need those individuals to perform at their best on a, a weekly and daily basis. Yeah, no, that sounds like uh, uh, an enjoyable environment for sure. I, I would imagine uh, yeah. you know, where everybody is back and forth and everybody's voice kind of gets heard yeah. and you're building relationships. It's you know, those are positive environments that probably, hopefully, will breed some positive points for you. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Testament to the staff and players so far. Yeah. I mean, how excited are you actually to, like, get going with the start of the season? So, by the time this airs, uh, today is the day before your first match. Uh, so, we'll air on Tuesday. Yep. But uh, how excited are you really to kind of get started? I'm so looking forward to the season actually starting. Uh I think, you know, there's so much excitement and enthusiasm of actually seeing the players playing a real game. Kind of like today, kind of like almost the calm before the storm. Uh, you know, but to us, me really, I would say the players have given us everything in pre-season. Their work, effort and, and quality they've displayed on a daily basis um, will, will hopefully be kind of, you know, the results will be a consequence of that work. Uh, but we haven't put pressure on them with this and, and won't do. Uh, but yeah, I really just can't wait. I'm excited to see the game today. I'm, I'm really interested in, in the Washington Spirit game and, and see what happens there. And obviously, you've got the new team in Utah making their debut today away in Orlando. Uh, and then you've got a repeat repeat of the uh, final uh, in Carolina. So there's, there's lots for people people to watch and, and throughout the day. And, and also the access that people have to the games, I think, is, is awesome. But no, I, I can't wait to, to get to Houston and, and, and that whistle to go for kickoff. Yeah, I, and this is this will be... Your your first first game with Chicago, but uh, mm-hmm. the third time that Chicago has played in Houston for the opening match. Uh, yep. What what are you hoping fans see out of this uh, Red Stars versus Houston match on Sunday? Well, de- definitely a different result than the last few times. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> you know that would that'd be the first thing. But I, I honestly don't think they're going to see anything that they haven't seen before because the culture is so strong. Uh, within the locker room and within the club, uh, I think they'll definitely see a group of people that hate to lose and want to give their all for each other. Um, you know, it's just a Chicago team. 
the spoils will see a hard working, never say die attitude. Uh, but I think coming in for me, especially tomorrow, I just, I just want to see us be the team that for every second of that game looks like the side that wants to win more than more than the dash do. Um, and, and if we do that, I think I think we'll we'll get the result we want to get. Well, there you go. By the time we have this up, we'll uh, we'll definitely be talking about whether or not that goal was accomplished, Craig. I appreciate you coming on. Yep. No, I appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. All Thanks. the best. All the best. Good luck to you. This has been the NWSL Rewind. Have an opinion on the games? Let us hear it on Twitter using hashtag NWSL Rewind. And check us out at ModernSoccerCoach.com.